To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. Welcome to the Death Panel. Patrons, thank you so much, as always, for your support. We could not do any of this without you. If you'd like to help us out a little bit more, share the show with your friends, post about your favorite episodes, pre-order Health Communism and request it at your local library, and follow us at deathpanel underscore. Today, Artie, Phil, and I are joined by epidemiologists and death panel contributors, Abby Cardis and Justin Feldman, to discuss their piece in Protean Magazine on Emily Oster's pandemic advocacy work. And we're going to talk today about the piece and also why it seemed to touch a nerve with so many people. So Abby is a perinatal epidemiologist and a postdoctoral research associate at Brown University School of Public Health. Abby, welcome back. Thanks. And Justin is an epidemiologist of social inequality and state violence and a health and human rights fellow at Harvard's FXB Center. Justin, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. So on March 22nd, this critical essay that you two co-authored called Motivated Reasoning, Emily Oster's COVID Narratives and the Attack on Public Education was published. And longtime listeners of Death Panel know that we've had you both on several times to discuss Oster and the ways in which her work has been reproduced as a problem of sort of individual choice. It's become a very useful framework for a lot of people to understand the priorities of the pandemic response. And I've got to say, having been in close dialogue with you two for a long time about this, it was really great to read the piece. It honestly, it came through both how deeply and uh, how long you've both dug into this investigation. I think what friend of the show and sometimes uh, another co-author of yours, uh, Seth Prinz, called it was that Oster's work is sort of ideology masking as expertise. And the piece is making a lot of the right people very angry. I mean, you really struck a nerve. So for listeners who might not have read the piece yet, maybe we could start by walking through some of what you guys argue in this piece, and then we can get into the reaction sort of later on in the discussion. So a broad overview, this is kind of unique in the way we wrote it and the way that Protean allowed us to write it. Uh, on the one hand, it's a profile of Emily Oster, where we try to distill sort of the overarching themes of her work uh, as a writer of popular books on pregnancy and parenting, and where the uh, through lines are with her more recent work on COVID research and advocacy. On another layer, it's a bit uh, muckrakey, polemical, and argumentative <laughs> about uh, the, the nature of that work, especially the more recent work involving COVID, uh, which which we call policy-based evidence-making. And we look at what are the roles of these donors uh, that, that fund this, which are the Teal Foundation, the Walton Family Foundation, uh, Arnold Ventures. Uh, th these are all groups that are, I would argue, right-wing, though some of them, you know, support Democrats or are nonpartisan, uh, but, but they're, they're all anti-union. They're all pro charter school. Uh, they're all pro corporate power, corporate freedom. Uh, so we say e even, even if they are not, you know, Emily Oster is not their marionette, uh, which I think is the straw man version of, of right. what we're arguing. Right. Um, <laughs> 
here's why it still matters. Um, and then on another level, it's sort of a, the kind of essay you would find in maybe the Boston Review or, or LA Review of Books or that kind of publication, where we're making a set of theoretical arguments about sort of the, the uh, cross-class alliances behind these pushes to remove public health protections from education. Uh, so how do these right-wing billionaires uh, intersect with the interests of often liberal, usually white, upper middle class parents or professional managerial class parents, however you want to think of it. Uh, what, what are the overlaps? Why, why are their interests coming together? And what, what, what is the work that Emily Oster is doing in bringing these interests together? Yeah, and I will add to that that the through line that unites all of these things is this appeal to individual choice as being, you know, sort of an important value. And we get really into, you know, why that resonates so much with Americans, but particularly, you know, this, this reader demographic of, as we say in the piece, you know, affluent cisgender white women for the most part. Um, and how this, this choice rhetoric around COVID safety measures and in Emily Oster's um, popular books about pregnancy and parenting, mm -hmm. give cover or put a gloss on this sort right. of like deregulatory maneuver, right? Because at bottom, you know, what we what we see as Emily Oster's kind of intellectual project, which is carried through in her in her COVID advocacy, right, is essentially like deregulatory in nature. So the the thrust of of her work is, you know, the argument that's being made is that, you know, we don't need these rules. These rules are too cautious. These rules are actually disempowering to you, you know, as a as a woman mm -hmm. in 21st century America or, you know, as a mom or whatever because they're too cautious. They don't trust you to be able to look at these data and use quantitative skills to evaluate scientific literature in order to like make the right choice. And like, you know, it's, it's very much, you know, framed as a project of empowerment. And I think, you know, that, that really does resonate for some parents, but there is kind of like a sinister, <laughs> a sinister side to that, which we kind of explore through the essay. So I, I really want to, I think that that's a, that's a really nice summation of what you guys are doing. And, and when I was reading your essay, I was sort of thinking back to I mean, the way that Auster's work kind of maps onto this broader history, which uh, the sociologist uh, Beth Pop Berman uh, has has written about in, in her new book, which is this this way in which like economics as not, not just like a set of disciplinary practices, but like a whole mode of thinking about the world, uh, microeconomics, like specifically migrates to all of these different domains of life. Mm -hmm. um, but I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what that looks like uh, across her work and also sort of what your critique of that is, like coming at it from the angle of uh, public health, right? Assuming that, you know, uh, this this might be the first time that, that some listeners are like hearing about this or like maybe haven't engaged with like her work. But like what's talk about the thrust of that and, and kind of where you guys come in in your in your critique. Yeah, I, I think through the process. To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes. And be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, the Death Panel.